It is Free Talk Live, where you're invited to take control of the airwaves, 603-283-6160. That's the call line if you'd like to weigh in with your thoughts and opinions, talk about whatever is important to you. That's 603-283-6160. With you in the studio tonight, it's Aria. It's Ian. And Bonnie. And I mean, there was some news yesterday that, I mean, happened, but there wasn't a whole lot to really talk about beyond the fact that it it had happened, and that was the New York City subway shooting. I don't know the details of even what happened because, you know, we were doing the show, as I understood it, as news about this was really coming out. I don't know what the timeline was like, but it wasn't like we were full up with uh, show prep about the New York City shooting yesterday. Uh, Bonnie and I looked at some stuff last night. About yeah, and we it. determined it was fake. I it's don't fake, know. Really? I don't know. <laughs> okay, fill me in. Well, there, there's definitely, as you might imagine, every time something happens, there's always a conspiracy theory saying that it was completely cooked up by the sure. government or the powers that be or whatever. But usually I just assume that this time there was videos of super weird things like somebody spreading blood on the ground. Why would somebody do that? Really? It's not clear in the video. That's what the the paranoid person who made the video had to say about it. It looks like it's me. And and there's also this lady that was down in the place where the subway was with the same person's shoes. You know that's her. Interesting part. She is. She runs out of the subway. She runs back. She like two minutes later. She's one of the first people out of the train. So there's a video um, that this guy played where somebody's got. Somebody's taking video. The person taking video steps off the train. They're like the, one of the first people off. So when you say this person taking video, it's just someone with their cell phone, right? I presume. Yeah. Okay. They're, they're stepping off the train. They then immediately turn to watch the the car behind them's door as a bunch of people pile out. There's there's smoke coming out because the guy allegedly set a smoke bomb off before he started shooting. Uh, and as people are coming out, this woman that you're describing, Bonnie. Uh, some sort of a, we're not sure if she's black or... She's or really race, racially ambiguous. She's I don't think she's black. She's like, you can't really tell. What, Maybe she Puerto has Rican a, or something like that. She has an ambiguous face in general, like she could be anyone. She comes out and she's very easily identifiable because of what she's... She's got a brown purse that she's carrying. She's and dressed like, in this black overcoat. Clunky, uh, high-heeled shoes that are almost like wedges, but and not she really. she hurries out of the train and goes past the cameraman... And then a few moments later, and I don't know how long it is, but some amount of time later, she comes back into the frame. Are you going to run back into a smoke bomb when you don't know what that substance is? Not just a smoke bomb, but where there's apparently a man shooting people at some point. Uh, So rather than exit the scene and like run away, she comes back and starts taking video. Kind of casually, too. And then turns around and leaves again. Then she shows up in foot and she looks fine, right? Like she's not right. limping. She's not being assisted or anything like that. She's uh, calm. She's, she's spry. She's moving quick. And then well, there later- are a lot of people like uh, when a building burned down recently here in Keene, there were a lot of people who were like hanging out in the bar as it was filling up with smoke and oh people hanging out outside and they were just taking videos of it. I mean, these things ended up going viral on the Internet. Hey, guys, the fire alarms are going off and the <laughs> room is building filling up with smoke. Sure. Don't don't be that idiot standing there taking a video. Get out. So, I mean, I can understand why this lady, if all she saw was smoke, she would be inclined to... I, but I she was to go in back. the car. But it, it's was, weirder than that. If it was yeah. just that, Arya, I, I wouldn't even really have thought it was right. weird at all. That's just part one. Part two is what makes it weird. Later, she's out on the street, on the ground level, 
So she's Playing. had multiple different videos at multiple different times. We yes. saw we didn't see video of her on the street, but there probably is that. There were photographs taken of her okay. on the street. And this same woman who was like obviously not injured in any way, shape, or form later shows up like laid up against a I don't know. She's sitting up against something. She's laid on the ground like she's injured, and then she's being taken in on a gurney to the ambulance. Actual stretcher for some reason. Weird. Yeah, it's really weird. That that is a peculiar thing. I I have not seen any of this. Right. I I didn't follow it closely. I I didn't follow it at all beyond seeing the news today that the suspect here, Frank James, was sixty-two years old, and he's been posting unhinged, race-obsessed YouTube clips. Warning of his intentions and hatred for Mayor Eric Adams. Who That's is that? The new mayor. That's the new mayor. Now, this this sort of bothers me because the reason I've seen this more today than I did yesterday is because a lot of I have a lot of libertarian friends on social media, and a lot of them are asking, you know, why wasn't this guy already caught? Why wasn't he in trouble with the police already or anything like that? You have people saying, oh, but he was investigated by the FBI. How was he able to do something like this? And we saw this exact same thing happen back in the Orlando shooting when the guy who did that... You talking about sh- the nightclub shooting? Yes, where he shot the guy shot up the gay bar. Yeah. He had been investigated by the FBI prior, but they ended up releasing him and people asked the same question. You know, how is it that this person who was investigated by the FBI ends up doing this mass shooting? Being investigated by the FBI has never been evidence of guilt, yep. right? Just because you've been investigated doesn't mean they take away your right to bear arms forever. So no, it's, it's evidence of uh, the FBI is incompetent, right? Yeah, you would think, you know, if if everything they're saying about this guy is true and he was actually planning to go and shoot up a subway, that would be more important to the fbi than helping some some hillbillies in michigan plot the kidnapping of governor whitner now isn't he considered a quote-unquote person of interest or have they charged they, him they with upgraded him to suspect, suspect. as i understand okay. it it would be helpful if his youtube videos where he was ranting online were still there but they were taken away so now i don't even know how to judge where his YouTube videos hatefully racially motivated, or does he just mention this is my life as a black man? You know, like it, they yeah, they can say anything they want because they deleted his videos. Well, they deleted his videos, but YouTube as did. Ian, they took the channel down for violation of terms of service. As Ian pointed out, you know, anybody with the with a brain when they when they realized this person was a person of interest and if if they cared to, they they would have downloaded a full archive of his videos and mm. uploaded them to their channel, or even better. Put them on Odyssey mm. where they can't be deleted because now the people who did that, this, they're just going to have their own YouTube channels deleted. Well, library, should, we should clarify, Odyssey technically can delist a video, but if you upload through library, then in theory it is uh, completely protected. Right. So, so Odyssey is a platform just like YouTube. I suspect, though, that Odyssey would make the choice to not take this man's channel down. Because this happens every single time, by the way. Every yes. time that there's some killer, some sh- some crazy shooter who has a YouTube channel or a Facebook profile or a Twitter or whatever we're talking about, every time the word gets out that they have one of these social media or media as- you know profiles, the company that runs that site goes and takes it down. And it's like, 
that doesn't help anything. That that actually harms any any amount of transparency for people being able to have some understanding of what this person did and not just rely on the mainstream media and their reports to get your opinions about what this man believed. I mean, because we can read report after report of what he allegedly said on his videos, but actually finding that video, finding a link to it, uh, is very, very difficult. They are out there, however. I mean, however, that, that's the opposite of what the media wants, right? It's for us to be able to actually look at this guy, find out what he actually stood for, what his beliefs yeah. actually were. They want us to just trust the media when they tell us. Yeah. So you were able to still find them. Yeah, I found them uh, by searching for his username, Prophet of Truth 88 From but- what I can tell, almost uh, there's probably none of them that can be played on the air. Yeah. Well, they're just long. I mean, uh, they're, they're your typical kind of rambling 40, 50 plus minute long videos of. And a he's person. prophet of truth. Prophet yeah. of truth. See, that's never good. One of the one of the more successful things I ever did when trolling was I ran this fundamentalist Christian blog called Messenger of Truth, where I accused hmm. Barack Obama of being a gay socialist, antichrist, Muslim, and just all sorts of <laughs> nonsense like that. Right. It was very successful, right? People loved it. And after like six months of it, I got bored and I was like, okay, guys, you know, you, you've been following this content now for a while. You should know I'm an atheist. And if you took any of this seriously, you need help. <laughs> so this guy calling himself something that's almost identical to that is automatically a bad sign. There was this guy that my mom would listen to, and I'm not going to remember his name right now, just some Christian oh. online guy when I was a kid. And he prophesied this thing would happen in this certain year, and it didn't happen. And then I asked my mom, isn't he a false prophet then? Because it didn't come true. And she said, oh, it's just, it stopped. It, we stopped it by our prayers and all this stuff. So there's all kinds of excuses they make up. Absolutely true. There's more about this guy because he, even if he's not the shooter, he's interesting and we're talking about. What are your thoughts on all of this, though? 603-283-6160. There's more coming up. It's Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live, where you're invited to take control of the airwaves and talk about whatever is important to you. 603-283-6160 if you'd like to do that. Again, that number 603-283-6160. With you in the studio tonight, it's Aria. It's Ian. And Bonnie. Talking about the New York City subway shooting, evidently suspect Frank James has been arrested. And there are a lot of people hurrying to proclaim his guilt. We were just listening to a YouTuber Rattling on, calling this guy, you know, a real, a real piece of work, basically uh, alleging that the guy is one hundred percent guilty. And you know, I have not seen the videos. It, it may be clear once you compare the two that yes, this is the guy they're talking well, about. I don't know if there's video of the actual shooting. Um, if there is, I have not seen it. There, mm-hmm. a video that we saw last night was just of people exiting the train. So I want to uh, make sure I understand this right because I haven't seen any of these videos. So what you have is a. A train arrives at a station, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, the first compartment opens. A guy gets off and he starts filming, presumably because he realizes that there's some sort of commotion happening in the compartment behind them. Mm, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then that compartment opens up. I guess they don't open all of, all at once or whatever. Maybe he's just in a hurry to get out and start filming. So smoke rolls out of this other compartment, presumably, right? I think yes. all the doors open at the same time, but it's been a while since I've been on the subway in New York City. And then out comes uh, a bunch of people, but among them is this weird lady who you described as being ethnically ambiguous. Uh, mm. She she could basically be anyone, yeah. he said, except for her. Her attire is unique, presumably. 
Yes. And that's how you kept identity, even though she looked like she could be just anyone and there was nothing remarkable about her. Her outfit was weird. Yeah. Maybe multiple people could play the same woman who looked like her. But they would have uh, to have that specific outfit. Yeah, I mean, she was definitely the same lady. It's just that it's really weird that she seemed totally fine and then ended up on a stretcher later on when, you know, you get photos coming from upstairs. And maybe it's one of those things where they're just being overcautious. Oh, you you inhaled smoke, so we need to take you to the hospital. I mean, it is New York City, so it wouldn't surprise me if they were just super uh, overcautious with that yeah, sort of thing. Yeah, but how would they know... Unless the woman approached them and was like, hey, I was on that train with that guy. Yeah. I need to go to the hospital, which I guess she could have been. I mean, the, but the allegation is that the guy threw a smoke grenade or something, filled the place up with smoke and then opened fire. So the fire, allegation right? specifically from what I from what I've read, the, according to supposed witnesses, Frank James was dressed in and there is video of him, by the way, entering the like there's subway security camera video of him going through checkpoints or whatever, where he's wearing uh, like an orange vest or something or like a bright colored vest. I think the footage is black and white, but, you know, he had one of those, uh, you know, construction worker kind of uh, vest, city worker. Something to make himself easily visible. Yes. Or perhaps an accomplice in a room that was filled with smoke. And look official. Um, So anyway, he's got that. He's got a backpack. Uh, Supposedly, he puts a gas mask on and then sets off a smoke device and then begins shooting. And nobody thought it was uh, weird that he put a gas mask on well, because COVID. I suspect COVID. they thought it was weird. No, uh, because I mean, COVID in New York City. Yeah. Anyway. That he, was a joke. I'll give you that one, though. I mean, if I was just you know getting on a subway and I saw someone put on a gas mask in New York City, it probably would not be the weirdest thing I'd seen that day. That's <laughs> probably true. So anyway, that's when he allegedly started shooting people. But he was on the compartment of the train when this happened, or he yes. was in the subway when this happened? Supposedly he was on the train. You know what confuses me? I could be wrong about that. Though. How come everyone gets out and then they're just kind of like, like one lady, literally the first lady I see get out, she gets out and then right before she's out of the guy's frame, she's like, oh, like she's like calm now. But so when she's train, five feet away from the train, the guy's in there? Is the guy in there? Everybody's acting really calm and standing right by the front of the doors. So the train had not arrived at the station. It was They were boarding it in order to depart soon, and that was when the guy started? I don't know. Is that- I'm not sure on the exact, uh, okay. how everything worked. I, I haven't seen any videos except the one I was talking about. So. so the guy has been arrested, but the article I have here says that he remains on the run Wednesday morning, 24 hours after allegedly opening fire on a packed northbound train as it approached. Yeah. 36th Street Station in Sunset Park. So evidently it was approaching a specific station and that was when he did it. On Wednesday morning, Mayor Eric Adams officially named James as a suspect, upgrading him from a person of interest. Mm. Police believe he is the man responsible because his credit card, and this is the part where I find, you know, I've not seen any of this. I hadn't heard anything about what what you told me, Bonnie, but this is the sentence that made me go, man, that is suspicious. Police believe he is the man responsible because his credit card was used to rent the U-Haul that police found a key to in a backpack that was dumped at the scene and that also contained a handgun, three magazines, fireworks, and firecrackers. So at the scene, which clearly this guy wasn't at. So you mentioned the backpack that um, Frank James had with them. He clearly left the backpack behind Mm -hmm. for whatever reason. And in it, he had... Three gun or three magazines, a handgun, and a key to the U-Haul that he used 
to travel on his credit card, mm-hmm. directly linking him to the scene with with murder with weapons in New York City subways. And allegedly, the gun had a round jammed in it, which may have ended his stopped him shooting because he couldn't clear it or didn't bother trying so he had time to put the gun back in the backpack but then instead of leaving with the backpack he just left it there behind strange that is very peculiar james lived in wisconsin until recently but packed up on march the 20th and left the state he drove south through illinois then to philadelphia where he picked up the u-haul that he brought to new york city i mean it is possible that maybe his thinking was well, there are security agents at these subways sometimes. And he can't be walking around with the backpack? Checkpoints. Maybe he didn't want to get searched as he was attempting to make his escape. That's possible. Mm-hmm. It has now emerged that uh, Frank James was known to the FBI and was questioned in 2019 in New Mexico, though it is not yet clear why. He was cleared but was entered into the state's, quote, guardian lead system. The guardian program is the Bureau's terrorist threat and suspicious incident tracking system. And this is the part where I diverge from a lot of people because I don't think that being investigated or known or questioned by the FBI is a very much practical consequence to anyone. Mm-hmm. And I, I was arguing this back when the Orlando shooting happened. So this was long before I was personally on the FBI's radar that I was making that point. Despite being on that list, James was unimpeded right because being on one of the government's many, many lists is no justification for impeding your ability to, as they say, Upload hate speech filled clips on YouTube. Well, Chris Wade was telling me the other day that apparently the FBI created a watch, a, a part of the terrorist watch list for everybody in America who had ever visited a foreign website. I don't know about that, but I heard that anyone who attended a Ron Paul rally in the 2018 campaign, I mean, 2008 campaign, ended up on an FBI watch list. Mm-hmm. I mean, a lot of these FBI watch lists are going to be protected and you. If, confidential what what is the terminology they use either way they're not going to reveal it during a freedom of information request but evidently this guy frank james was uploading hate hate speech filled clips on youtube about how oppressed black people were and how black and white people should have no contact well he also apparently expressed disdain for black people often calling them cattle and racial slurs and spoke about his desire to quote kill people unquote even describing himself as a prophet of doom he said N-words should be wiped off the planet even though I am one. Well, I saw him, I mean, I heard part of a video that where he was describing this. He was saying there's a difference between black people and, quote, N-words. So he wasn't saying... But he also just said that he was an N-word. Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know. That sounds like a real nutty guy. I kind of would like to watch his videos, YouTube. Unfortunately, they banned them. Well, there's, there's a few of them out there. I've linked to them on our social. Do you feel like your country no longer holds your values? Have you dreamt of a place where liberty-minded people can come together and leave government overreach behind? There are many people just like you that are discovering FreePrivateCities.com. They start at FreePrivateCities.com and connect via the social media links shown there. All skills will be needed when the first of the Free Private Cities open. It's sooner than you think. Stop arguing and build FreePrivateCities.com. FreePrivateCities.com. Free Talk Live, where you're invited to share your your thoughts and opinions, 603-283-6160, if you'd like to weigh in. 
That's 603-283-6160. With you in the studio tonight is Aria, Ian, and Bonnie. And we're talking about Frank James here, who has recently been arrested. Uh, All of his YouTube videos were deleted from, well, his YouTube channel was deleted. Of course, there are people out there who have since downloaded his videos and re-uploaded him to their channels. Don't know if it's all of them, though. The the guy uh, that I linked to over on our social media at social.freetalklive.com on the FTL profile, I linked over to a channel called Video Matt Presents. And according to him, the guy that owns that channel, he was only able to grab 20 of the videos on uh, Frank James's channel. He says there were over 400 videos, however. Wow. So that's the thing. It's, it's a race against time because when they re- reveal who the suspect is in one of these crazy shootings, it's like, all right, who can go and get the videos the fastest from his channel before somebody at YouTube goes and takes the thing down? If you got 400 videos to download, they're going to cut it off at some point. You're not going to get them all done unless you happen to already have been a subscriber to him and he only had like 400 subscribers and you already happen to have an archive of his channel and the odds about, you know, the odds of that happening are very very low. Yeah, you can avoid all of this nonsense by just signing up for odyssey.com. It will automatically import your entire YouTube channel for you so that, you know, don't go on a shooting spree and kill a bunch of people, but if you do get your channel deleted from YouTube because you happen to say something YouTube doesn't like, then your channels will still be there for people to share and people that you won't have to worry about, you know, uh, 95% of your content or whatever being lost forever because YouTube right. decided that you're not allowed to say that. Well, it's not lost forever. You can better believe it's in the hands of the FBI at this point. They have the exclusive copy of mm, it. That's true. Uh, and YouTube, YouTube didn't delete it. They just made it so you can't access it. It's still in their system. Scary good point. Mm-hmm. But this guy, Frank James, he also posted worrying memes about guns, bullets, and 9-11 on Facebook. But none Who's were worried? Pe- well, yeah. the Just Daily the author, Mail. yeah. Well, they're painting this guy as... It's curious to me that, you know, him being into guns and bullets and 9-11, he's somehow a right-wing... They're not calling him a right-wing conspiracy theorist, but... They're using all of the buzzwords that I would expect to find in an article about a right-wing conspiracy theorist who went on a killing spree. Hmm. Uh, He was into guns and 9-11 and bullets. Mm -hmm. The alleged gunman's sister, Catherine Robinson, told the New York Times on Wednesday that he spent much of his life alone. In a separate interview with the Daily Beast, she said they hadn't spoken for three years. His daughter? Sorry? Is that what he said? His sister. Hmm. In the March 20th video, which he had titled Stop One Complete, and evidently uh, the Daily Mail at least still has some of these videos, or at least parts of them, he gave an ominous warning about his plan. Speaking from the driver's seat of a rented van, he said, As I leave the state of Wisconsin, about to be back in the state of Illinois, all I can say is good rentance. I will never again be back. I will never be back again alive to that colorful euphemism for the word state. Well, I heard that part today. Ian must have been playing that video today, and I just thought he was saying good riddance to that state, not good riddance world, I'm going to kill everyone. Yeah, it's a bit of an extrapolation to suggest that he was planning to end up dead. Uh, It could just be somebody who is sick of living in Wisconsin and is saying he'll never come back alive voluntarily to that Mm. place. But then again, I guess so. he might have shot some people. As someone who has been through some states that I never, ever want to return to, I don't think I ever was like, I'm never returning alive to you know, <laughs> Tennessee or whatever. That that just sounds weird, man. He's a weird guy. 
he is a weird guy. So he told about his plans to drive to Philadelphia, saying, I'm on my way to Philadelphia. I packed my bags. I got up, even though it's rainy. I mean, there's nothing here that I really find especially alarming. His Uh, bags? Did he have a backpack? He almost seems schizophrenic. Like, he's he's just a daily vlogger here updating his subscribers about his travel to Philadelphia, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. I, it's a little rainy, but I'm going to my storage unit. It's all loaded up, and then I'm going to finish my apartment this morning. But then two days later, or two days before the shooting, you have another video where he says that black people are forced into violence by racism. And there, there are so many asterisks from the Daily Mail here where they're censoring out what he tried to say that I'm not even going to attempt. But it's very, very different from, yeah, I'm about to go check out my storage unit, pull out some stuff and set up my new apartment. It's completely different from that sort of content. Hmm. At the end of his final video, he said, why should an N-word be on this planet besides to pick tobacco or sugar plant? He does sound confused. It's like <laughs> He sounds... He sounds schizophrenic. Hmm. Why do you say he's confused? Because he's saying like black people are oppressed because of racism. Then he's saying they should all die. But, you know, it's just confusing because he might mean he might mean a certain type of person when he says the N word, Mm -hmm. not all black people. Well, we'll probably never know because YouTube took away our ability to access his videos. Yeah. There is no natural reason for there to be such a thing as an American Negro, African, African American. There is no reason for it except for you to be a slave, he said. That okay. is, that is, wow. Well, some. <laughs> I don't even want to repeat the rest of this. Go ahead, Bonnie. Some people who we call black people now nowadays have been saying they don't want to be called black anymore and they don't want to be called African-American because black is a color and I can totally get that. I've always thought it's weird to just call me white. I'm, I've always thought, like, I don't feel like I fit in with all white people, people who have similar skin color to me and not in the same group as them. So I totally get not wanting to be called black and some of them have been saying they don't want to be called African-American because, um, you know, they could be something else. Well, as I understand it, one of the whole reasons that, uh, you know, black white black pride is considered acceptable, but white pride isn't is because, you know, when when black people were torn from Africa and brought to the United States, they lost their cultural and uh, was uh, they lost their heritage, essentially. Like we could trace our roots back and find out that, oh, yes, my family came from the United Kingdom or Germany or you know Czechoslovakia or whatever European nation. But if you were. Brought here in the African slave trade, you don't have any ability to do that. Your genealogy just begins at the moment when you arrived in the United States. So you don't have a, a Congo pride that you can look to or a Sudanese pride that you can look back to. Yeah. All so, you have is your skin color. I'm curious, Bonnie, um, if they're not wanting to be referred to as black or African-American, is it just human? Uh, is that how they would prefer to be looked at? Because I've heard. I don't want to go too into the conspiracy because my friend sent me a lot of conspiracy pages on Inst- Instagram. She's black, and I guess she wanted me to like understand. And I don't want to go too into the conspiracy because I'll sound really weird. Well, I would like to what... think that they want to be called just human. That would be great. Yeah, I mean, it'd be nice to get rid of the idea of race. I do remember. And years colorism ago... is like the worst. I th- I think colorism is like the huge cause of racism in America. What's colorism? Just like you're white. No matter what country or region you're from, you're mm-hmm. black. No matter what country or region you're from, oh, mm-hmm. you're just black. And even African-American implies, like, you're just from a whole continent. How can you be from a whole big continent? You Carla know? Garrick is African-American as well. 
she's from South Africa and she's a white lady. Yeah. Um, but uh, but see, that's that's the issue that Black Americans face in the United States is that they they have to be just considered from Africa because. No one kept records of where they were, you know, trading for and kidnapping slaves. They could from. be from Jamaica. They could be yeah. from uh, Puerto Rico. They. The thing is, they're just human beings. But years ago, we had a black gentleman who was a caller on the the show, and and I asked, like, what what's your preference? Do you how do you like to be referred to? He says, just call me black. So That's that what I preference. always understood was the easiest way to do it. I mean, just, just call them black Americans, black people. Just like, hey, don't say you are a black because that's just as screwed up as saying you're a homeless or you're a trans or you're a gay. Yeah. I mean, look, they're human beings. They're people just like everybody else. But the reality is if you have to describe someone in a room, like if I want you to meet my black friend and, <laughs> and he's the not- only guy in the room who's black, how do I explain to you I just think that you could just to? say my friend because you wouldn't say I sure. want you to meet my white friend in a room of white f- people. I want you to meet my friend. He's the one black guy in the room all the way over there. I, for whatever reason, I can't take you over there or whatever, right? Like, Yeah, just go okay in my to, friend's waiting on you. In the same oh, way which friend? It's, it's okay to describe you as the girl with the red hair, the bright red sure. hair. Uh, I don't you could offensive. describe the shirt color he's wearing. Oh, he's over there in the That's red true. shirt. That's true. Or you could say the black guy in the red shirt if there's more than one black guy in the room. What do you think? What's the best way to identify your friends? It's Free Talk Live. It's Free Talk Live, where you're invited to join us. How do you think... People should be referred to when you're, when, I mean, when you're talking about other people. 603-283-6160 if you'd like to weigh in. That's 603-283-6160 because I was thinking about this during the break, right? It's not, I, I really don't believe that if you wanted to, if, you, if someone was like, hey, I'm going in here, uh, who should I talk to you? If you're like, my, my friend with the red hair, mm-hmm. you would say, my trans friend, mm. because that's the most recognizable characteristic. There's plenty of redheaded people that would be, you know, let's say at at uh, the Porcupine Freedom Festival this year. Probably a bunch of redheads, but how many trans people are there going to be there? One, maybe two. So you, you give them the characteristic that is most identifying in those specific circumstances, mm-hmm. I think, is what people tend to do. I just think if you're like off in the distance and I'm pointing to you, the one with the red hair is makes the most sense because I think That's someone true have to as be well, in- though, because the red hair it does stand out. It's so they're going to spot that. I don't distance. I don't know if that. That's not me saying that you're wrong. I'm just saying like I think I, think I have said red hair. What if I'm not within like view though? What if I'm like inside a building? Like you're, you know, t- collecting tickets outside of a party or whatever, and someone's looking for me. For whatever reason, would you like? She's wearing all black. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) I think you should generally defer to the person's preference unless it's ridiculous, right? So for me, okay, I'll call you a she because you're putting an effort to look like a she, uh, but I'm not going to call you they. I wouldn't want you to. That'd be weird. <laughs> but right? if, even if I'm you asked me to. I'm only one person last I checked. Yeah. That to me is just too weird, right? So like that, that crosses my weirdness threshold. It's like, no, that's. No, not going to do that. But yeah, if you prefer to be called black, I'll call you black. That's fine. I'm Excellent not saying point. you prefer to be called no, black. Obviously, right. You, well, I mean, the you, person not here. Ideally, the person who you're calling black, you know, is black. It's yeah. like not pulling that whole, well, I identify as black sort of mm-hmm. thing that some people were doing back in the... 
in the <laughs> early 2010s or whatever. There, there was a lot of, I identify as disabled and stuff like that, of people. Mm-hmm. It, it never was really clear whether it was just some people trolling or whether it was people on the right who were creating an issue that didn't exist. Mm-hmm. But uh, this guy... Uh, Frank James, his name's no longer in front of me. They they actually share some of his memes, surprisingly, saying, uh, I mean, he he's a pro-gun guy. I don't see any particular issue with any of that. Pro-guns and bullets. Apparently, uh, in August 2020, Frank James posted a photograph of Kenosha shooter Cal Rittenhouse with the title, And a Child Shall Lead Them. Rittenhouse was later acquitted of charges. Apparently, he didn't seem to have... A, an issue with... So he's a supporter of Rittenhouse. Yes. Mm-hmm. And the Christianity stuff is what makes this so weird. Hold on. There's Christianity stuff in here as well? Yeah, I think the... And a child shall lead him has something to do with the Bible. I don't know if it does or not. Mm-hmm. Well, he's got many, many uh, videos that are rambling and lengthy. You're talking about 40, 50 minute, hour long plus videos. So there's certainly a ton of content out there. Uh, for people to go through. There are a few excerpts here from the Daily Beast if you want to hear uh, some of it. I've got a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. Because a lot of this is, uh, for, well, from the Daily Mail, it's not very helpful. Like, they have a stock image of a thirty-eight caliber handgun. Hey, guys, that's not helpful. Thanks. Quote, I made up my mind, kind of told myself, you know, I may have to hurt somebody one day. Somebody may have to get hurt, he says in one rambling 44-minute video viewed by the Daily Beast. Continuing, uh, James said, quote, because there's no way I'm going to do what society asks me to do, which is try to be, to work hard, to play fair, keep my nose to the old grindstone, pull myself by the bootstraps, you know, go to work, pay my taxes, do everything you ask me to do, and then you're going to smack me in the face, unquote. But didn't he do... I mean, basically exactly that for 60-ish years. I guess he got tired of it. In the video, he seems to take direct aim at Mayor Adams, the New York City mayor. See, that's what I don't get, because he wasn't even a New York City resident. Mm. No, he wasn't. But maybe he spent some time there in in the past. I'm not sure what his history is. Warning him that his, quote, blueprint for ending gun violence was doomed to fail. He says, quote, because I see some serious flaws in his plan. I don't know about some of it. I know part of it is definitely flawed and it's doomed to failure. So was this a a big gotcha on the mayor on how it is that you can't stop guns from getting into New York City? That just sounds crazy. Like what person who has good reason to oppose gun control law says, see, you can't stop us and kills other people with a gun. A crazy person. That's true. It does seem strange to me that it it seems to be that easy to get onto a New York City subway There's no metal detectors to get on a subway. I know, that's what's strange, right? They do every now and then set up checkpoints and they will, I don't know if it's randomly, search people's bags but that's about it. I mean, there's so well, many they, people travel the subway. They can't hold people up. I mean, it's they're constantly people moving through there. It's how almost everyone gets around uh, in New York City. I mean, there's taxi cabs, <laughs> but that's not the most common method of uh, travel. It, it seems like a tacit admission that you know the the TSA. The only reason it it, it is tolerated or that it. it it isn't good and couldn't be implemented in a situation where people actually need to expediently get from point A to point B. Mm-hmm. Because even a basic metal detector... and a, It's going to slow things down. It shouldn't. Absolutely <laughs> but, it will. I mean, you've been through metal detectors before. Yeah, they constantly 
go off when you have nothing on you, then they have to be like, step aside. You got to take That's everything true. out of and your pockets. And the only times that, that didn't happen, they turned out to be completely useless. Like um, the festival I went to last year, I had to go through metal detectors to get in every single mm-hmm. day. And every single day it went off. And it was day three of the festival before we realized that it was my the still toes in my tennis shoes that were setting it off. Mm. And they never once like took out a wand. It was like, hey, why are you setting off our metal detector? They just weighed me on they through. They didn't wand you? You just set the detector off and they let you in? <laughs> yes. Yes. Okay, so that's just for show then. Well, yes, we just, we assumed most of it was for show yeah. since they just let us walk right by the COVID line and didn't stop us there either. Yeah, okay, so that's just for show. That's where it's, okay, we've got a metal detector up, so the people that see the metal detector then figure, oh, crap, I better ditch my knife or my gun mm-hmm. or whatever, and they figure they're going to get caught. And then, as you say, they're not even checking people that go through it. When you go into court or wherever there's a metal detector, you've got to take all the metal out of your pockets, everything everything out of your pockets generally, just to be to be sure, and put it in a little dish. And then, you know, if you've got a backpack or whatever, they've got an X-ray unit that it's got to go through. I mean, there's a, it is not a fast process. And as soon as they, you know, even though you take everything out, it may be your belt buckle or something like that that uh, that sets it off. In my case, it's my ankle monitor that, uh, that is it sets really? it off. Yeah. Okay, that's fun. Yeah, and then they got a one. I mean, that's not fun. I mean, it's it is kind of fun. It's fun when he lifts up his pants and the <laughs> green <laughs> the green flare is showing. Yeah. And then it's, you know, then you got to get wanded and that slows you down even further. So you can't do that with hundreds of thousands of people or however many people are in the U.S. or the the New York City subway at any given minute. It's just not Well, in that particular case, I mean, point taken, Frank James. You've demonstrated that it's not possible for them to keep guns off of New York City subways. But I don't get it. It's it's just like you want them to try harder if you... Didn't well, like gun control. Do. That's what they're going to do with yeah. this. So. And that's, and, I mean, and but right it could that. be that he's crazy, like they, you're saying. They will use this as an excuse to crack down further. That is always what they do with all of these shootings. But again, he's either crazy or he's a plant, a part of the, the government plot to... Or it didn't even really happen, forward. right? I, I don't know these 10 victims. For all I know, they're crisis actors. Well, there's that possibility. And of course, the point that always should get made in this case is... If New York City actually had gun freedom, this would have been over in a flash. Mm. Dude would have tried to pull out a gun and blast somebody, and he probably wouldn't have gotten through one or two victims instead of ten uh, victims, because somebody else in that subway car, if it were New Hampshire, somebody else would be armed, probably more than one somebody else, and dude would be dead in a pool of his own blood if he tried something like that here. What I find curious about it is that, you know, smoke from smoke grenades, I, I presume it's gray, I don't know, but he wore a gray sweatsuit apparently and a bright green vest. You know, if he if he yeah. tried this in somewhere like New Hampshire and they saw a dude with a bright green vest. It's like a target. It's, yeah. But he wears the gray sweatpants like he was trying to blend in with the smoke mm-hmm. and not be visible while at the same time wearing a bright green vest apparently. Yeah. All very confusing. And then leaving the backpack and the guns behind, also very confusing. But I guess he wanted... That, that's probably, as you pointed out, that's probably the least suspicious part of this because if he wanted to just like sneak out with everyone else, I mean, the shooter at the time was wearing a gas mask. He had a bright green vest on, ditched the vest, ditched the mask, and, you know, stumble out coughing like everyone else. Mm-hmm. Mm. Talking about how you're suffering from smoke inhalation. That's probably his best bet of getting out of there without getting apprehended by the police. But then again, the police response times are so slow that if this happened as quickly as, you know, it seemed like it would have happened, the police wouldn't have been there to do anything for as he was fleeing anyway. They weren't. 
I don't know, but the guy is definitely a psychopath for, from everything I've heard. And we get back, we're going to talk about Bitcoin and psychopaths. And ah. evidently, some people are doing studies saying that people who like Bitcoin are psychopaths, but mm. not quite like this guy, hopefully. There's more coming up. Hour two, it's Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live's video archives have been on Library for years. Library is an uncensorable, decentralized, blockchain-based media sharing protocol, and we're big fans of it here on Free Talk Live. In 2020, Library launched Odyssey, a video sharing website to compete with YouTube, and it's really taking off. Now with over 1 million channels, many of whom are disaffected YouTube creators. During YouTube's crackdown for not towing the government line on COVID, the Free Talk Live YouTube channel started receiving strikes and could be completely taken down at any moment. Thankfully, Odyssey started offering live streaming, so we're now streaming live every night and posting our video archives permanently to Odyssey. You can watch live or anytime on our Odyssey channel by visiting video.freetalklive.com. If you want to go all in, download the desktop app at lbry.com, and then every video archive you watch, you'll help seed and keep it online forever. At minimum, we ask you visit video.freetalklive.com and follow us on Odyssey today. Video.freetalklive.com. Free Talk Live. It's Free Talk Live, where you're welcome to take control of the airwaves, talk about whatever is important to you. That's 603-283-6160 if you'd like to weigh in. Again, that's 603-283-6160. Coming up, we're going to be talking about how the... Producer price index. We've been talking about a lot about inflation, but the evidently the producer price index is at a record high. We talked a bit about inflation yesterday, and uh, the one of the numbers that the government put out is eight percent or eight point five percent. It's a record high, of course. What's inflation? Do you mean the Putin price hike? I, I do mean the Putin price hike. <laughs> Obviously, when I say inflation, I, I appreciate you correcting me. What I mean is that you know. <laughs> Vladimir Putin invaded Ukraine, and because of that, the U.S. economy sucks. And it has absolutely nothing to do with anything else. It is just Putin's war and the Putin price hike. Gas prices were definitely not rising seven months ago or eight months ago. Inflation was not happening seven or eight months ago. There were not supply ships stuck off the coast of California and New York City. We've always been at war with Eurasia. Yes. Russia. Yeah. Either way, whoever we're at war with now, we've always been at war with them, and we've never been at war with anyone else. And all we're dealing with now, as you point out accurately, is the Putin price hike. Of course, everything all of us just said is facetious. Uh, we, but that's what they want you to believe. That is, is actually what they want you to believe, that everything you're experiencing at the gas pump, at the grocery store checkout, and elsewhere is a result of Putin, Putin, Putin. And it's complete nonsense. I mean, you can just go to our our podcast page or our video page at video.freetalklive.com and check the archives there where we were talking about this stuff as it was happening six months ago. Don't let sure. it get memory hold. All of this stuff actually happened. It's been happening. It's still happening. And it's not Putin's fault. When I was a little kid, the people on Fox News would say gold is a hedge against inflation. It's been Did a they? thing. It's anything that's what well, i always heard that against inflation i don't think fox yeah, news yeah. would say that now hmm, that's true well, if they, they, they a would gold be, sponsor they sure would they would be too busy saying how inflation is act you know it turns out 
It's actually a good thing. Inflation's mm. a good thing, right? It it makes everyone more equal, and we love equality. Is Fox making those statements because they tend to be the right winger, quote unquote, news entertainment platform? And so, because the right wing is not in charge in D.C., I think they're more likely to be critical. But again, I don't spend a whole lot of time reading uh, Fox News. That's a good question. They they certainly if they had uh, Trump in the White House still, then they, they would be defending whatever. They're the, like, look, no, he's just helping us achieve equality, which mm-hmm. which is true in the sense that inflation, which is an increase in the money supply, which causes an increase in prices, that you know it, there's not a corresponding increase in wage to match it, so everyone gets equally poor under inflation. So it it, it does make us a little bit more equal. I'm surprised. <laughs> Look, it's just a matter of time before some of these left-wing sites like The Guardian or whatever are rolling out that narrative. Hey, guys, it turns out this inflation stuff is pretty good. They actually it's making already us had equal. That. They had uh, the inflation puff pieces happened last year. And now they've moved on to admitting that inflation is hurting people. And now they're ba- they're blaming Putin for it. Ah, yes. Well, it's definitely Putin's fault. But before we get into any of that, let's go to the phones. We have Major Payne on the lines from Michigan. Major Payne, you're on Free Talk Live. Good evening. Yeah, I wanted to touch on this Frank James business a little bit, but I'm going to go on kind of a media spin with it. Okay. Um, Well, you know, ever since they've been trying to get Trump out of office, so it's been like five years now, it's pretty much the news media has been attacking Whitey. Whitey this, Whitey that. Any mass shooting that was done by a white man, by God, it got blasted out of the air. But the only way a black man made it on the news was if the cops were beating him up or something. But as far as mass shooters go, they are definitely just parallel with the percentage of the population. If there's 12% Chinese, there's going to be 12% Chinese mass murders. If there's 35% Mexicans, there's going to be 35% Mexican mass murders. I tend to I mean, agree with those numbers, big. and that's one of the reasons that I take issue with the United States prison system and its disproportionate targeting of black Americans, because most prisons, uh, state prisons at least in the United States, have a prison population that is like 40 to 50 percent black, even though everyone, as you're pointing out, you know, white people, black people, Asian people, they, they all commit crimes at about the same rate. Well, I mean, I don't disagree with what Major Payne is saying sort of in theory, but I'm having a tough time remembering the last Asian shooter. Yeah, well, me too, but they're only, what, you know, 7% of the population, maybe? Well, I mean, on the Pacific Northwest, they're much larger percentage than they are here. I don't know what they are off offhand, but if you're talking about, you know, Seattle or uh, San Francisco or somewhere else. The most like recent that. one that, well, the one that comes up is, um, I'm not going to attempt it, but it was a Virginia Tech shooting where 32 oh, people Virginia were killed. Tech. Back in 2007. Wow. Evidently, there there seem to be some more recent ones, but all of the ones that the media is pointing out were anti-Asian shootings. Oh, okay. I got And you. of course, if you Google anything about a mass shooter right now, it's going to be flooded Frank with James. Frank James. So you have a good point. I can't think of too many Asian, Asian mass shooters either, but I tend to think they probably do happen. But they're probably if, if, not six percent of mass shootings. I think you're probably if correct. If it did happen now, if it did happen nowadays with an Asian shooter, they would probably hype it because they're trying to make yellow the new white. I just you know, think that, that I, I, I do not know what that means. No, I haven't heard that. I think it's just so yeah, hard for me to they're, trust they're, these they're numbers. Try, they're trying to. They're, they're government to numbers because because the Japanese and the Koreans and whatnot do so good in school because they actually so well. apply themselves. Um. 
that they are now a member of the overprivileged class like Whitey. So they're trying to roll them all into one basket. Well, somebody has uh, run the statistics according to Statista.com. The number of mass shootings in the United States between 1982 and February of uh, 2022, so about 40 years worth of them. I want to say, and you know, I say this as a white person. I want to say they were disproportionately white people. Yeah, I think that's what my guess is. Also, it looks like they're not doing percentages here, but we do have number of incidents: sixty-six white, twenty-one black, ten Latino, eight Asian, five other, three Native American, and thirteen unknown or unclear. Okay, so the the white population is sixty-five to seventy percent. The black population is about twenty percent. So that totally jives with what I just said. These aren't percentages. No, that's not true at all. The black American, the American, the black percentage of Americans is not twenty percent at all. Well, seventeen maybe. Well, it doesn't matter. These aren't percentages. I could I could run the percentages on this, but either way, it does look about. It does look about right at at a glance here. There's nuts and there's nuts in every race. Yes, sure. Yeah, there's plenty of psychopaths out there. The same. Yeah. But either way, it's just hard for me to trust these numbers at all because so many of these mass shooters come out to seem like patsies to me. It's just like I'm just going to call it as I see it. Don't, I don't care if that makes me sound crazy. I mean, you make a really good point, Bonnie. I mean, there, there's so many of these, and there's so many ulterior motives and things like that. And this doesn't even account for you know the police mass shootings because police kill a lot of people too, and they, those aren't mass shootings. But if we include those stats in there as well, that's not going to skew the numbers in, as you put it, Whitey's favor a, if we include the numbers of people shot and killed by police. A police mass shooting would just get called military kinetic, I mean, police kinetic action or whatever they call it. <clears throat> they call it something else. I'm mixing up the military and the police, but still, they wouldn't call it a, a mass sh- shooting. They would call it something else like police operations. Major Payne, thank you so much tonight for the call. It's certainly an interesting concept, and you have a good point. Um, I, I don't, I I don't believe that Asians represent six percent of mass shooters, but I would be shocked to find that uh, they represent six percent of Americans as well. But again, I'm not a I'm not a statistic, statistician. I don't know the the numbers on that. I do know that. White people aren't 65 to 70% of the population, but again, that those weren't statistics you were talking about. It was something else. Asians, eight shootings. I, d- I totaled up the numbers here. 126 is the total, so eight out of 126 is about 6.3%. Okay, wow. Uh, and then 21 out of 126, that's the blacks, is about 16.6%. Oh, so it's almost spot on. Wow, mm-hmm. that's... That's shocking. That's Six. a relief, I suppose, because it it does back up Major Payne's points. Is it that there's nuts in every race, and the skin yeah. color is kind of irrelevant to whether or not there are crazy people who look a whole lot like you. Yeah, and there's so many like white people, especially around, not around here, but that say that black people commit the most crimes. And I'm always just wondering, how do you even get that statistic? First of all, it's government statistics. I do want to say before we go out to break that I stand corrected. I expected white people to represent more mass shootings, and evidently they didn't. 603 It's Free Talk Live, 603-283-6160 if you would like to weigh in. Again, that's 603-283-6160. Before we get get to talking about inflation, are you hedging your bets against inflation? They used to say 
that gold was a hedge against inflation, and it still is, right? Inflation, the money supply is increasing, and as we've seen from gold, I don't watch the price of gold closely, but I do watch the price of goldbacks fairly closely. They're almost, if they haven't reached $4 per right now, they're right on the edge of that. Mm -hmm. I'm confident that at the Porcupine Freedom Festival this year, where goldbacks will be circulating heavier than ever, I look forward to seeing the constant flashes of brilliant gold throughout the throughout this landscape as people flash their goldbacks around. But I, they'll be trading for $5 per, at, at at least, at the Porcupine Freedom Festival. Because no one's going to trade them for undervalue. And I mean, even if they're $4 and a nickel, no, among libertarians, no one's going to take them at $4. Mm-hmm. They're, they're going to be $5 everywhere you go. But there's another way, and that's Bitcoin. You can find out about it at Bitcoin.com. It is on sale, as I understand it. I think it's down to about $40,000 right now. I'm not exactly sure. But you can go to Bitcoin.com, click Getting Started at the top of the page, and take a few minutes out of your day to learn about this important world-changing information. Because it is changing the world, and it's only going to continue changing the world as governments do everything that they can to destroy the USD and to destroy their own currencies. It's not just the U.S. government that is doing this. So find out what, what in the world I'm even talking about at Bitcoin.com, because this is going to affect you. I I went to the store today. I almost never buy buy candy or anything like that, but but I wanted some Starburst, and hmm. I noticed that the the pack of Starburst that they have there it's the same size as it's always been, but it's like a dollar ninety nine now or something like that, and it's just insane. They, it's these little snack cakes that you that I would have paid thirty five cents for back in my days of you know smoking pot and you know delivering pizzas. That I would, you know, they would have been thirty-five cents, and now it's like you get two of them for two dollars and nineteen cents or whatever. It's insane the the price increase that's going on. I was talking to with one of the owners about the convenience store about this, about how a a twelve ounce Coke can Coca Cola used to be fifty cents, right? But then it was seventy-five cents, and then it was a you could get a twenty ounce for a dollar, then it was a dollar twenty-five, then it was a dollar fifty, now it's two dollars. Two dollars now. Two dollars if you can find a Coke machine, because I also mentioned that the last place I actually saw a they got them at Walmart. They do. Yeah, I imagine it's two dollars per there. It may I think be a dollar seventy five. It was a buck seventy five, but I don't look at you know. Often. It may be a dollar seventy five. You do yeah. see those the two dollars ones that I've seen. They were at hotels. Oh yeah, of course. but it could be a dollar seventy five at like. But even then, a dollar seventy five. That's that's almost an increase of 100% versus what it was at yeah. back when I was actually drinking soft drinks. It's insane what's going on. Yeah, in the convenience store you were talking about, a couple weeks ago I came into work and they handed me a roll of labels and I had to go around putting uh, new prices on everything. <laughs> like here's, here's your afternoon. Everything has to be repriced because the price of everything has gone up. That's unfortunate, but I mean, that's Eventually, how it's if, happening. If uh, inflation, or when inflation gets so bad, prices could be going up on a daily or weekly basis, you might just end up saying, check price at register, you know, just so you don't have to be repricing everything all the time. Or have digital price tags, or you can just update it with a computer and you don't have to go around the whole store. Because that's a pain in the butt. I like that idea. I, I don't like the reason that idea would happen, yeah. but I like the idea. I think the um, the Bitcoin shop back when it existed in Portsmouth had something similar to that. I think so. Where Well, they had Bitcoin-only prices, I think. Is that what it was? That, yeah. Okay. But even then, I think you had to scan a QR code to even find out what it was. That might be true. It's been a while. Because it wasn't priced in dollar amounts, and they couldn't just leave it perpetually priced at a... you know. bitcoin or whatever because then suddenly you could be paying four hundred dollars for a latte or 
one of their um, weird grass sodas, whatever it was. I don't remember <laughs> what exactly they served, but it was some weird stuff. But inflation is happening. One of the tricks that I've been told lately is that you buy gasoline every day. Instead of, instead of doing Dollar it, cost averaging gas? Yep. Well, not maybe, but the point is to make it feel like it doesn't hurt as much. Hmm. Like, I tend to buy gas like once a week or once every two weeks because I don't do a whole lot of driving, so I don't need it. But when I do buy it at this rate, I end up buying, you know, $70 here, $50. And I'm looking, I'm like, man, that really sucks. Yeah, but is it really worth your time to go to a gas station every single day? For you- me, no. And that's why I haven't been doing no. it. It's like, Mm-mm. you know, I get that it's going to be emotionally painful to look at that number and see I just bought $70 worth of gas. Whereas, you know, two years ago, that same amount of gas would have been like 25 30 bucks. I hate going to the gas station now, but whenever I did Uber Eats... I would always go to the gas, or constantly, obviously, because I had to drive a lot. And my friend one time said, if you died today, Bonnie, I would have to say at your funeral, one thing I know about Bonnie is that she's always at gas stations every time I call her. (laughs) (laughs) So why is gasoline still so expensive if oil prices have dropped? I don't know to what extent oil prices really even affect the price of gasoline. I know that gasoline is derived from oil. Yeah, it's the input cost. So oil prices have tumbled almost 20% from a multi-year peak in March. But my question isn't why isn't why isn't gasoline prices why aren't gasoline prices going back down? They it's, have gone down. Why why did they go up in the first place? Why did the price of oil shoot up the way it did? Because Putin it's not like we're actually that's what they say. <laughs> but anybody who looks goes, "Wait a minute, we weren't getting that much of our oil from Russia in the first place." There's no reason that not getting oil, it should have de- in- decreased our supply of gasoline by what, 2%, something mm-hmm. along those lines, 2 to 6%, depending on which estimate you're using. Mm-hmm. So we should have expected what, a 2 to 6% increase in the price, corresponding to a, a decrease in the, in the supply. But that's not what we saw at all. We saw an almost 50, 60, 70% increase in the price. Well, Probably think- because at the same time, inflation is hitting the highest rates ever. Inflation is hitting, although Bikers on Call in the YouTube chat points out that oil prices are always manipulated, uh, and there's a lot of speculation and manipulation that goes on. Of course, you've got the military that secures oil oil derricks or whatever, oil uh, places in the Middle East, and that, of course, is essentially a subsidy to oil. So you could argue that the price is actually lower than what it should be based on what it would be in the marketplace. Uh, who knows? I didn't it's hard think, to say. I mean, I don't know, but I think it was probably just an overreaction from gas companies. You know, could be. That, that's, but. I have an article here that gets into what they think the reason is. The difference between the cost of oil and gasoline has attracted attention from politicians, some of whom have accused oil companies of price gouging. <laughs> Ridiculous. There's, there's no such thing as price gouging. There's just increasing the price of a thing so that you don't run out of the supply of that thing. Because as the supply goes down, if demand stays the same because price isn't increasing, you're going to end up with a shortage of that good. That's what always happens. In a House hearing on April the 6th, Democrats claimed that large oil companies have intentionally kept fuel prices elevated, which the companies have denied. The centerpiece of the hearing was a chart displayed by Diane DeGette showing oil prices coming down while fuel prices stayed aloft. Something just doesn't add up, she said. And again, it's worth mentioning that just two years ago, we were talking about how uh, oil was negative or zero dollars per barrel and they were act- actually paying people to store it. So we That's went right. We went from, I think, I don't remember if the price of oil was ever actually negative, but I guess it was that they were paying you to store it. 
Yeah, I don't think... To call it $0 a barrel is probably not accurate, but there was something that happened that flipped to where they were paying people to store it because they couldn't sell it. Because they were making too much still. You can't just turn them off. Right, you can't turn off the, uh, the spigot. Yeah, so what's going on here? Why is it up? We're going to get into it. 603-283-6160. Of course, your calls and thoughts are welcome. It's Free Talk Live. It's Free Talk Live, where you're invited to call in with your thoughts and opinions, 603-283-6160, if you'd like to do that. Again, that's 603-283-6160. With you in the studio tonight, it's Aria. It's Ian. And Bonnie. And we mentioned earlier, well, I mentioned earlier, the Porcupine Freedom Festival. I believe it's it's probably sold out by this point. I haven't checked. It's oversold, it's, technically. Oh, wow. So you're going to have a hard time getting tickets there with that. They're probably still selling tickets, but on the hopes that people aren't going to show up. That's what oversold usually means. I don't know if they stopped selling tickets yet, basically. But they are officially sold out, even if they are still selling tickets. It's very weird. But Fork Fest still has open spots. We're assuming. We actually don't know. For all we know, we Rogers Campground is sold out for the week of Fork Fest. Fork Fest is the Freedom loving, decentralized alternative to the Porcupine Freedom Festival or continuation of the Porcupine Freedom Festival would be a more accurate way to put it because alternatives suggest that they're happening at the same times or that they're competitors or anything like that. These are really very different festivals. Fork Fest is generally much more laid back. It's a much more relaxed environment because no one's in charge. No one's planning anything. If you want something to happen, you kind of have to get out there and make it happen because no one else is going to plan for any speakers to show up or any of that sort of thing so if you want to speak speak yep forkfest.party is the unofficial website that's fork like you eat with fest.party it's a good time there's a festival every year there's a fireworks show every year now this one is happening on july the 3rd it lasts about a week and it's just after the porcupine freedom festival so check it out forkfest.party does anyone do that does anyone have like speaking events uh there was the first year that Fork Fest came after the Porcupine Freedom Festival was a bigger year than it was last year, and there was at least one speaking event that I know of. Um, Chris Lopez of the Free State Project, I think she's on the board, so she doesn't mind being name dropped. She gave a speech on uh, sexual activity with disabilities at mm-hmm. the Ladies' Night Out area. And that was I, a couple of years ago, right? Yeah, that was. Yeah. Two or three years ago, I don't know how long ago exactly it was, and I think the the Alt Expo people continued doing presentations and stuff like that throughout That's Fork cool. Fest. I would, I hope they do because I want to see some Alt Expo things. I was just busy during Liberty, Liberty Forum. Forum. Liberty Forum. Well, they'll be at the Porcupine Freedom Festival for sure. I mean, they're there every year. So if you want to see the Alt Expo, you'll at least see them there. Hopefully, they will stay around for Fork Fest. I don't know if you intend to be there for that, but check it out. It's Fork Fest. Dot party. We have Dan on the line from Nebraska, ready to tell us why we're so wrong about everything. Dan, you're on Free Talk Live. Well, you guys, I, I, I mean, look, that, that, you're making it sound like I'm coming in here really hostile. And you know, first, I want to say that the the worst take I've heard as far as gun control, which is that I called in about or anything related to shooting, was from one uh, major pain who called in a little bit earlier. With some, I mean, obviously, 
baseless and uh, <clears throat> conspiracy inclined um, ideas about how race factors into what you're referring what to. Uh, simply put, is that the media wants to paint all mass shootings by white people as being racially motivated, and they don't talk about shootings committed by black people, or at least that was Major Payne's contention. Is that correct? That was that's correct. But uh, yeah, actually, the thing I wanted to ask you guys in particular is where where for you guys would be the line where you see that the damage done by guns uh, should be remedied by some type of um, maybe, let's say, political direct action. There isn't a line because that's an impossible task. It's just like like nuclear weapons. I don't want nuclear weapons to exist because of the amount of damage they can cause. But I also know that we're never going to annihilate or get rid of every single nuclear weapon. There's always going to be one. There's always going to be someone out there with a gun. The question isn't how do we keep that someone from getting a gun. It's what do we do when that person has a gun and they start using it for evil? More people need to have guns. Yeah, you have to meet it with an equal amount of force, and that means having a gun. You can't get rid of every single gun in existence. Even the United Kingdom hasn't managed to do that. They can't even keep guns out of prisons. I, I agree with Aria that I was going to say basically the same thing. I don't know. There would never be a line where I decide to do something that's ineffective. And why would I decide to do something that's not effective? I would I would rather everyone have guns because guess what? There aren't mass shootings in New Hampshire. Yeah, that's true. Uh, okay, Vermont well. also. Vermont and New Hampshire are two of the more gun-friendly places out there. And they're also the least m- number of murders per capita. In all of the United States. incredibly rural, though. There are cities here. Uh, Manchester doesn't have a lot of gun crime either, and it's a city of over 100,000 people. What would that really have to do with anything anyway? Like, if somebody wanted to shoot a lot of people in in a rural area, they could just go to a church and shoot people. Well, I think that it has to do with, you know, maybe the, the density of a city kind of just gives people more better opportunities to No, the better opportunity to. is the fact that when you go and shoot somebody in New York City like this dude allegedly did on the subway, you can be almost certain that as long as most people, the super majority of people are law abiding, uh, that there will be no guns on the subway train car. Whereas if you were to go anywhere in New Hampshire and try the same thing, it would be a highly risky thing to do because there's a good chance there will be multiple people carrying guns. I was thinking about that in regard to the Porcupine well, Freedom Festival and the Fork Fest earlier, which, you know, if. If some racist black man wanted to cause a maximum amount of damage to as many white people as he could without running any real risk of hitting a black person, then the Porcupine Freedom Festival and and the Fork Fest, they're they're the prime targets, right? That's where you're going to find a huge number of white people and very, very few people of any other ethnicity. But if you try that at Pork Fest, you're going to very, learn very, very quickly that almost everyone there is armed and you're not going to be very effective. Yeah, I think it it would be like getting shot from multiple angles all at once and you would lift your hand out of your holster with your gun and you would just evaporate. Okay. Now I, I get, I kind of get the, like that, how in theory that would work. Like I can, I can see like from A to B, but again, you know, the thing about gun control is that uh, it is to, like to me, you know, I value evidence-based policy and the evidence and what are the studies are just are not on the side of guns. Like you're saying that that's going to happen in 
most circumstances. The evidence is gun control doesn't work. It doesn't keep guns out of the hands of people who want them. It just keeps guns out of the hands of people who would be, quote unquote, law abiding, who would otherwise be able to defend themselves. Uh, It does not keep guns out of the hands of felons or other people that would actually use them to harm others. I have a really simple. Hold on. Hold on. I have a really simple question for you. Let's say there's a shooting at, you know, at a bar in whatever town you're in. What do people do in order to put an end to that situation? I mean, usually uh, you have that you call the police, and the police come with what? What do they? What, what? What do they have with them when they come to put a stop to this mass shooting? Um, they're going to have guns. I mean, that's that's one of the things. Okay, they're so they would not like be more effective if you had guns that were already there instead of having to travel fifteen minutes, as Bonnie points out. Okay, well, here's the thing, and here, here's the deal, though. Like, well, can you again, answer the question? It wouldn't. I, I did answer the question. No, you said, here's the deal. Would it not be more effective instead of having the guns have to travel there over the course of 15 minutes no, to have no, someone already? Th- here's the thing. is Aria, you can say that I understand how, in theory, you could think that that would work. But that in reality, like ba- based on the data from the emergency, de- what, what the data from the emergency departments rely to claim, unless hundreds of, I'm sorry, virtually all. Uh, what what department who- is this? Okay, here's the, the data here, of I'm, his I'm butthole kind of pulling it right <laughs> out right now. Gun, we're no likely to be injured after you taking protective action than victims using other forms of protection. Okay, huh? Run that by me again. I just we just didn't hear you. Where there's a okay, so in less than even though there are so many guns in this country, and you would think that if what you're saying would actually would actually turn out more, it's actually in less than one percent of contact crimes that the victims use a gun in self defense. And the people who were those victims. What the hell are you talking about? So here's the thing you don't understand, Dan. If you use a gun in self defense, a lot of times that doesn't get reported. And another thing is a, a lot more shootings happen in these gun-free areas. So of course it would be a lower number of people that pull out a gun in self defense if they're in a safe zone. That's a really good point. I mean, because that data that you just put out, Dan, that is that includes schools and stuff like that where people can't have guns to defend themselves. There's more coming up. 603-283-6160. It's Free Talk Live. It's Free Talk Live. And even though Elon Musk is making some sort of effort to take over Twitter and the media is freaking out about it. I've got an article that we probably won't get to tonight about how this... Elon Musk's vision for the internet is is terrifying lunacy, and we must all be afraid. The fact is that big tech does have a bad habit of censoring people. And in order to counter that, we've created our own social media platform. You can find it at social.freetalklive.com. If you're sick of getting censored on Twitter and Facebook and YouTube and all of these other places, the answer isn't to go to Gab or Parler or truth or truther or whatever trump's platform is called or one of these other centralized platforms where they're going to like i think on gab you're not allowed to criticize israel or something oh like that and um, in, in parlor parlor got rid of christopher cantwell which is shocking because no it was gab that yeah, got rid of, gab got rid of christopher cantwell parlor is the one cantwell where you was can't in say, prison by the time parlor came out yeah parlor is the one where you can't criticize israel i wow. think 
So, I mean, it, it's all the best. They all develop their own stupid little rules. If you want to get away from that, social.freetalklive.com is the way to go. We're gonna, we kept Dan on the lines because I felt like uh, we weren't a little fair to him. I, it's three against one here, so I'm going to sit back through a lot of this, Dan, and let Ian and Bonnie ask you the questions they wanted to ask. But I'm sure you wanted to respond to our statements here or at least clarify what you were trying to say before we went out to break because it wasn't very clear. Dan thinks gun control works. Okay, so you guys, what I was what I was saying was that you guys, your your original point was that all these people who are supposedly having these guns that could be using them in self defense would be bringing down the rate of you know gun violence or whatever. But they already actually, are according according to the Harvard Injury Control Research Center. Uh, guns are used in self defense, so guns are used by the victims in less than 1% of those crimes. So you're literally already and talking about... You're talking less, about... Less than 1% of those... You're talking also. about places where this happened, where a shooter started shooting people, right? My point is, people don't start shooting people when they know everyone around them has guns. Or when they know so people you didn't could have destroy guns. our point at all. Yeah. Look, when you go shooting people on a school campus, you're in what's called a gun-free zone. When you go to a, a subway car in New York City, you're basically in a gun-free zone because all of New York City, if people are quote-unquote law-abiding, is a gun-free zone. So, of course, people are not going to have guns in those situations. On the other hand, if you walk into a bank in uh, New Hampshire and somebody's standing there in line with a gun on their hip and you were thinking about robbing that bank, you might give it a second thought and not even try in that particular case. And you might go down to Massachusetts where it's much less likely that you're going to encounter someone with a gun. And that's why it wouldn't end up in his statistic because it wouldn't happen. Correct. Yeah, there's a ton ton of stuff that guns and the, the... uh, possession of them and the showing of them because again sometimes people open carry sometimes they don't in some cases where a criminal is conti- uh, is like moving towards doing a thing simply showing a gun to that person will change their mind so if you had it concealed not concealing it now again generally the that rule- happened with my little brother what happened there this guy was doing something weird around his car. I don't remember what he was doing, and he just flashed his gun, and the guy got in his car and drove away. Right, there's Tucson. no statistic there because yep. he didn't call the cops, right? It, no. Right, because most people in those circumstances, they just want to get on with their lives. So they put their gun away, they get in the car, and they leave. They go home. That's the end of it. So you don't have any numbers for that, Dan. You have no idea how often guns prevent crime from even starting. Well, okay, based on that, Ian, really, I, I have just as much license to say, well, you don't know how many more uh, gun crimes or are committed by a similar type of brandishing and whether or not that would outweigh the amount of people who use, do the self-defense brandishing. So here's the thing. I don't care. I don't get his point. What, what crime would be committed by a brandishing? What do you mean? No, what I'm saying is, well, we're just talking about brandishing the action, not the crime. But I was saying, you know, you don't know that the amount of people who, you know, show their gun in self-defense it outweighs the number of people who uh, show their guns for offensive purposes. Like, you know, gun control reduces that where, um, you know, for all 
either of us. You're not making a lot of sense here, Um, dude, but here's the thing. It doesn't matter if it outweighs it, because for the people who don't have to deal with having a gun shoved in their face, it's well worth it. There are countless numbers, and you're right. We don't know, because those things don't get reported, and that's a good thing, because those crimes never happened, and those people are safe. They didn't get abducted. They didn't get shot. They didn't get threatened. Uh, no one got hurt because I, the thing never happened. Again, well, I'm confused. You, you don't know how many times these guns that you're talking about, you know, were used offensively for these same purposes and whether or not those crimes could have not happened. Had Why wouldn't happened. we know that? Because wouldn't somebody call the police if think, somebody was brandishing a gun illegally at them? I think I can help Dan here. Dan's question is, if more people had guns, there would be more gun related crime. Is that right, Dan? Absolutely. If you think that having everybody in a subway car in New York City would lower the amount of gun violence there, that's crazy. Well, that's not crazy because New Hampshire and Vermont, as we stated, have some of the most, some of the most or the most guns. I don't know about Vermont, but New Hampshire is the most machine gun owning state. I don't know how many you know guns per capita or whatever. I don't have those statistics on hand. Uh, but no one ever said that everyone in the subway car should have guns, Dan. So you're putting words in our okay. mouth. That's, that's, uh, only the, the only people it. who should have guns are the people who want to have guns. And if the people who want to have guns are around and about, then the people who are going to use guns in a criminal manner will be shut down quickly. And the fact that you can't see that or the fact that you just deny that is just willful ignorance. And he said he wants to uh, look at things with a fact basis. How is it willful ignorance when you're really asking me to take this on theory alone? It's not not a theory. It's not a theory. You're trying to use statistics that actually aren't applicable, and we're trying to tell you that there's a whole state with a million and and a half people where gun violence doesn't happen at the rate that it happens in gun-free zones. And it's not a theory, Dan, to say that people use guns all the time to prevent crimes. Well... I mean, evidently, and literally, it's it's in less than one percent of cases. You don't know. So you're not even listening. No, in one percent of cases where a gun did get used violently. You have not comprehended. Your if you're listening, you are not you comprehending. Then someone on YouTube has a question for you. How is a woman going to thwart a rapist or a murderer without a gun? Well, actually, it's interesting you bring that up because virtually not, no women use guns to stop sexual assault in according to this same research yeah and a lot of women get raped that's because if you see a woman that's because if you're a rapist and you see a woman open carrying you pick the the rapist picks a different woman i i I that's that's just a common sense right people you know what are you talking about i mean what 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 did you say dan i didn't catch that so most rapes are from people you know it's not like there's they're a lot more complex than that but Again, people in more than yeah. And if the person you know who would rape you knows that you carry a gun all the time, then they won't rape you. In the there were more than three hundred cases looked at as far as also the sexual assault aspect of the study went, and it was again none. So I mean, again, you're talking about how so these people that got raped didn't have guns. Good point. You're right. Good point, Dan. (laughs) Yeah, you're making our point for us, Dan. You don't even carrying a gun prevents rape. That's that's what I got. That's what I got from your statistics. You're saying all the women who 100 percent of the women who got raped didn't have guns. Wow, that's a surprise. Dan, thank you so much for the call tonight. I hope that you you feel like this last part was a bit fairer to you. I mean. 
you're, you're way up. Listen. No, he didn't. And, you know, he's making, as you point out, he's making the argument for us, right? By saying, you know, the, these same studies show that out of these 300 women who were raped, none of them defended themselves with a gun. You know, it reminds me of this, uh, this meme I saw a few, a few weeks ago on one of these social media sites where they analyzed the bullet impacts of all of these uh, airplanes during World War II that made it back safely. Mm-hmm. And then they reinforced the armor. Uh, everyone was like, okay, well, we need to reinforce the armor in these places and these places. And this one guy was like, no, we need to reinforce the armor in the places where there are no bullet holes. And they're like, what? That doesn't make any sense. It was like, well, the ones that got shot there were the ones that didn't come back. Mm. Yep. So they're not getting included in our statistics. Right. So that's where the armor is needed. It's the exact same sort of thing here. The the people who are not being included in your statistics are not being in your st- are not being included because the rapes didn't happen because they were carrying guns that allowed them to prevent themselves from being raped. Yeah. Plus, Dan is all about his statistics because he's a utilitarian. So he believes that whatever it takes to get to his ends are you know worthy. Uh, and you can find a statistic that says anything you want. Yeah. I don't want to be a statistic, and so therefore, those people who don't want to be a statistic should carry weapons if they feel comfortable with it. Absolutely. What are your thoughts? Should should people who don't want to just be a number, another murder victim, carry a gun? 603-283-6160. Hour 3 is coming up. It's Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live. It is Free Talk Live, where you can weigh in with your thoughts and opinions, 603-283-6160, if you'd like to do that. Again, the number is 603-283-6160. With you in the studio tonight, it's Aria. It's Ian. And it's Bonnie. And I want to say thank you to Ukraine79, who is tonight's amplifier. This means that Ukraine79 is a member of the AMPS program. You can find it at amps.freetalklive.com. That's amps.freetalklive.com. AMPS stands for Advertise, Market, Promote, and Support. So if you like the show, if you want to show your support, help us get on more radio stations, get our podcast, more downloads, all of that awesome stuff, check us out, amps.freetalklive.com. That takes you directly to our Patreon. And there you can sign up using PayPal or, you know, all of the whatever methods Patreon supports. That's amps.freetalklive.com. It costs five bucks per month. That's all it takes to get you in. And it does come with some cool little perks. There's an AMP-only chat room on the Matrix server, and there's an AMP-only podcast for those people who just want some of the ads removed. Well, there you go. Stop complaining about it. Join the AMPs program, and you don't, won't have to listen to them anymore. That's amps.freetalklive.com. We have Steve on the line from Georgia. Steve, you're on Free Talk Live. Hey, three gun statistics I think everyone should be aware of. One. Um, there's a town in the state of Washington, I'm not aware of the name, but they went and in their late 80s said, hey, uh, you can't have a gun here unless you get a license through us or you do this or that. Well, there's a town in Kennesaw that said, hey, um, you're idiots. And then they passed a law in Kennesaw, Georgia, that says that you have to own a firearm unless you have a mentally ill person or a felon in your residence. They said you have um, to own a firearm? You have to own a firearm. And guess odd. what happened to crime? So what? Oh, I just said that's odd. It's also well, wrong. I mean, to force wrong, people to right? own a thing. 
Yeah, if you're going to suggest that crime went down, I'm going to suggest it did not. It just so happens that the police did not arrest people for not owning a gun. But the government passing a law saying you have to own a gun would not inspire me to go out and buy a gun. And then then I'd be a criminal for not having a gun. Well, it doesn't it doesn't force you. It doesn't force you to go out and buy a gun. But what it does is signals to everyone around you. Hey, if we're going to commit a crime, let's go to the next city. Let's go to the next town. Um. So I think that's very important to understand is the perception of gun community, the perception of gun ownership in your community affects crime ownership or affects crime statistics. Second of all, um, just in universities alone, just in universities alone, someone is shot every nine school days um, in relation to an attempted sexual assault. Keep that in mind. So, so you're, you're saying, saying that they guy, you're I'm saying there kidding. was an attempted rape on a school campus and a gun was used to defend every nine days. Yes. Yes. Even though most schools don't allow guns on campus. Exactly. Huh. And where'd you get that statistic? Um, the United States Department of Justice. Interesting. What's so your third you statistic? Are, Oh, damn, I forgot. Oh, well, take me off. (laughs) That's unfortunate, uh, Well, that's the thing. Because I'm trying to find the second statistic that you pointed to, and I was hoping you could give us the third one while I was doing that. Well, the thing is, there's so many statistics out there. You know, Dan has statistics. Steve has statistics. And studies, of course, usually get done by people who have an interest in finding a certain result. So I'm just not a fan of statistics in general. Usually it's government to me, statistics Numbers. are irrelevant, but that's because I approach the issue from the opposite perspective that the utilitarian from Dan does. To me, it doesn't matter right. if you could you know, prevent 99.9% of mass shootings or rapes or whatever by outlawing guns. You're still infringing upon the rights of at least one innocent person who has the right to, uh, to defend themselves and now can't. And it just so happens that doing it the right way, allowing people to defend themselves, is what ends up stopping crimes. Yeah, that's true. It does so happen to be that case. But I do agree with Aria that uh, it is the principle that matters. And that, of course, is the difference between a principled person, the people who you tend to find behind microphones on this radio program, and people like Dan, who justify any amount of tyranny by whatever statistics are you know, happening at the moment. And, you know, they don't count into their statistics... The amount of gun crime that happens from their tyrannical oppressors, because that's a whole different category in their mind all of a sudden. Cop shootings isn't the same as a, as a mass shooting in Dan's mind just because, oh, it's a that person has a uniform on. Right. Those aren't counted as uh, crimes at all. When the, when the police murder somebody, it's not considered murder because when it's done legally, it's not legally considered murder. The word murder is a legal definition. Unfortunately, and I'm sorry, Steve, I'm not finding the whatever statistic you were talking about in regard to campus gun violence. I mean, I I literally try to find guns used to prevent sexual assault on college campuses every nine days. And the the number one thing I found is what you would expect to find. Guns on campus won't prevent sexual assault from the Urban Institute. And I'm not even going to click it because I can imagine. Sure, you can put forward an argument that it won't prevent sexual assault. I can put forward an argument that it would lower the number of sexual assaults that are committed. 
Other people can put forward arguments that it would lower the amount of violence that's caused. Others would say, well, it would increase the amount of violence that's caused because now more people have guns or whatever. And again, it's all meaningless to me. To me, it's a simple matter of rights and a person has the right to be able to defend themselves against whatever the greatest possible threat they're likely to encounter is. And whether people like Dan want to admit it or not, the biggest possible threat the average person is likely to face on any given day is from a gun. And that that's a natural right to defend yourself. It's not a right given to you by the Constitution. It's a right given to humans by nature of being human. Yeah, and the Constitution was supposed to recognize and protect that right to self-defense. But as we can see in many cities, whether it be New York, Chicago, uh, you name it, San Francisco, they have absolutely destroyed the right to bear arms on these college campuses. If there is a young woman on a college campus who defends herself with a gun in the case of an attempted uh, sexual assault and does it successfully, well, on the good side, she won't be getting raped. But on the bad side, she will be losing her college career because they will going kick to jail. her off that. Maybe that's a possibility. I didn't think she probably would go to jail as well. Depending on which state, but at, at minimum, she would be likely uh, booted out from, from the school. I wanted to say this because you mentioned New Hampshire earlier and you know people trying to rob banks or whatever. That was one thing. I Even being from Mississippi, where we have the same constitutional carry down there, and if, if just probably not as many people are armed in Mississippi, but a large number of people are armed, and you just see guns everywhere, and you don't think anything about it. Even mm-hmm. in Mississippi, I would never have walked into a bank with a gun holstered on my hip. Really? I would have always left the gun in the car, and so would everyone else that I knew. I've walked into banks multiple times so with a gun I. on my hip. But only in New Hampshire. And yeah. I never thought anything about doing it in New Hampshire because... The- I thought about it, but I was like, well, whatever. I'm only, I'm only going to do it until they tell me I can't. You know? mm. And then there was one bank, uh, actually, that told me I, uh, they asked me to not wear the gun into the bank. Citizens Bank. They asked you politely, at least. Yep. So that's good. But even then, you know, it's it's not terribly surprising. Like when I go somewhere, like Market Day a few weeks ago, and I saw almost everyone there who wasn't either a a convicted felon or mm-hmm. be on some sort of federal probation or state probation or local probation or whatever. Everyone there had a gun on them. Yeah. I'm and probably the only one of our friend group that just isn't a felon. Could own a gun and just doesn't own a gun. But it's because I've never been trained. You should also, you should want to own a gun if you have one and you should be trained to have one. Right, which is what is wrong with Kennesaw, Georgia, where they, that one always gets brought up as this example of this shining, you know, city where, oh, (laughs) you know, gun violence dropped below zero or whatever. Um, But it's not okay because people were were threatened with violence if they didn't have a gun. So So weird. that's not right either. Gun prohibition is wrong. We know that. And forcing guns on people who don't want them is also just as wrong. I would tend to agree. And Bonnie, you're absolutely right. It doesn't do any good for a person to carry around a gun if they don't know how to use it. I could actually hurt somebody. Yeah, I flagged Ian with a gun the first day I met him. (laughs) I would suggest, though, that, you know, someone buy a gun, and even if they don't ever want to learn how to use it, at least learn how to verify that it's empty Mm -hmm. and then carry the unloaded gun around with you because just the presence of the firearm unloaded will deter your likelihood of being chosen as someone's victim. That's true. Mm -hmm. 603-283-6160. There's more coming up. It's Free Talk Live. It is 
is Free Talk Live, 603-283-6160 if you'd like to weigh in. Again, the number six 603-283-6160. With you tonight, it's Aria. Oh, sorry, Ian. It's Ian here. It was my turn to do that to you, I guess. No worries, it happens. And Bonnie. And Bonnie, you've been working on a TikTok channel. I guess they're called channels. Are they called channels? I think so. Profile? Profile? I don't know. You've been working on a TikTok presence for Free Talk Live, and people can find it at tiktok.freetalklive.com. For those who are millennials and older, that's (laughs) TikTok with the C's removed, right? So it's just (laughs) T-I-K-T-O-K.freetalklive.com. That's how you can find that. And the point of TikTok, what makes it unique is that it's... It's a bunch of short videos, right? You're not going to find, I don't know, do they have like 30-minute videos on TikTok? No, I think they expanded it to like 10 minutes. It used to be like just a minute or something, and they've expanded it to, I think, 10 minutes. I could be wrong. It might be five Correct. or something. 10 minutes. Uh, yeah, so. I know when I visited my nephew and I was, you know, hanging out with him and he was watching TikTok videos, I think the longest one I saw was like three minutes or something like that. And it was about yeah. dung beetles. And, you know, I want, I want to be disappointed about nephew just standing there all day watching TikTok, but the, he was watching, he watched a three minute long documentary. The dude wow, now knows actually watched more, the whole thing? Yeah, he now knows more about dung beetles than I do. So what, what is there for me to criticize See, him about? because that's the problem with TikTok. Now, I don't know if you've looked at the statistics recently, Bonnie, because what we found out was that this, the stats only update like once every couple days. Uh, or maybe that's just because we're a low number channel or whatever, we're really, relatively small. But so you don't get updated stats all the time, but you sure. can you can check it every now and then. And I think we were seeing people are tuning out after like sixteen seconds or twenty seconds. Yeah, or something but that like statistic that. stuck for like four days. I don't know if it's true, but it didn't show that the majority of people were watching the whole video. Yeah, so the attention spans are super short, but you can see like demographics. So the people that are watching our videos are less than twenty five, right? It yeah. was like I don't know, 15 to 25, and then... But still, single... Well, well, you just have to figure out what appeals to people who are under 25. It's Bonnie. not our show. <laughs> well, what? that's why I have my uh, secret social media manager who is a zillennial. You are under 25 yourself, though, aren't you? Well, no, I'm 25, so that's the uh, problem. Yeah. I was born in the 1900s. She's a technically <laughs> a... Uh, you stop saying that? Millennial. <laughs> yeah, they call me a millennial. It pisses me off. I'm not a millennial. But whatever. Well, otherwise, you're Gen Z. But you don't want to be a millennial right? either, right? Yeah, I think there's a, a a little pocket of people who are not millennials and not zillennials. It's from 1996 to to well, 1999, 1996 to 1999. Could we call that like the the snowflake generation? No, <laughs> <laughs> no. I just mean you know where the all unique is like I'm not one of you. I'm not one of you. I'm my own unique special thing. I just think that millennials are. I don't think you are, Arya, because you're a millennial. But I think a lot of millennials are the snowflakes. They're the ones who sure. started this. I have anxiety. I'm 25. I'm 26. And I can't even drive into the city without calling my boyfriend and crying when I get to where I'm going because oh of God. traffic. And that's how I think of millennials. And then zillennials are like, nothing matters, dude. If I die, I don't care, dude. And wow. I'm neither of those. See, all of the millennials I know fall into that last group. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm one of those nihilistic type of millennials myself, right? I've even got the word nihilism tattooed on me, right? But I'm not one of I'm not depressed about it. I'm happy about it. It's like <laughs> I could die tomorrow, man. That's that's not something to be sad about. That's something to rejoice over. Like, I could die tomorrow, so let's enjoy what's happening now, right? And that's why I like millennials, as I perceive them more than millennials. But I, I've just always thought millennials are more. Uh, 
privileged and uh, or like they feel like they the world owes them something. Like my older sister. Well, to be fair, the world has gone not out of its way, but a lot of really bad crap has millennials have put, had to put up with, like the housing hmm. crisis. 9-11, perpetual war, the drug war, the escalation of the drug war, hmm. the rise of the internet, the centralization of the internet, the control of the internet. And you're saying all millennials went through all those things, right? I am not a millennial. I, I was like... Okay, that's fair. I was like 10 when the tr- cr- housing crisis happened. That didn't affect me like, like it affected people who are 10 years older than me. You know what I mean? Like Yeah, because then we were renting, right? That that was, we were, we had just entered the real world and started trying to rent. And then suddenly, you know, gas prices skyrocketed at around the same time. Housing, the housing market collapsed. Rent prices shot up. Everyone was getting evicted. Our grandfather was getting evicted because he couldn't pay for his health care or whatever. Mm. So, I mean... Millennial, I don't think the world, anyone owes millennials anything, but I get why millennials sort of feel like they got handed a bad deal. Mm. And the, you know, the Gen Xers want to sit on the sidelines and be like, oh yeah, we were the, we were the turn at home. We were the turnkey kids. I was like, yeah, you guys accomplished nothing and you left millennials to pick up the pieces of the disaster that the boomers caused. So thanks for that. Right. <laughs> Gen Xers are correct about that one thing. Boomers are the nothing. worst. To be fair, boomers are the worst. But yeah, they. We, we can all agree that boomers are the worst. I don't know. I, I don't think it's fair to categorize people into these generations. They're no, it's, it's silly. It, They're it generally silly. true. They're not true of every single person, true. and I know that. But I don't think it's even generally true, right? I I don't know any millennials that are really the snowflake types. But all Generation Z people act exactly as Generation Z people, right? We can no, all agree on that. Know. I don't know enough. Do you, about <laughs> if you mean Gen Xers, I will give you that. No, I meant Generation Z. Like they're all smoking vapes. They all have okay. like one pink stripe <laughs> in their hair. They're all smoking vapes. That's because vapes are the thing now. It doesn't happen. I don't know if it's like a Generation Z thing. It's just vapes are the new technology, and they're the young people. So that's the way it ended up. But but see, this is <laughs> that's the disconnect of the nihilism among Gen Z and the millennials, right? Because the the millennial smokers were nihilistic about it, like, yep, this is killing us. That's kind of the point. We want to get let's get this show on the road, man. Bring, <laughs> bring that get those death bells ringing or whatever. Where. What millennial or Gen Z is doing, they're, they're quote smoking, but it's not going to kill them. They're just flavored water. They they missed the point of smoking, which is yes, we know this is going mm. to kill us. Thank you, thank you for that PSA. We knew that. That's why we did it. It's so. a very special free talk live. <laughs> <laughs> but you're absolutely right. I mean, these aren't meaningless generalizations because it matters way more the circumstances where one grew up. Then sure, how old one was when one was born? I well, I think that has changed a little bit. There's a lot more overlap between people who live in different places now because of the internet. That's why all Generation Z people are the same. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think they're the same though, right? Because I mean, cannot like- by any means be the same. <laughs> they must be individuals. Although I do agree with you, Bonnie, that there there does seem to be a thing amongst primarily younger people than me who are always about oh my anxiety oh my depression oh me you know i've got all these problems and it just so it just wasn't there when i was growing up i never heard anyone tell me about their anxiety ever you make a good point i mean when you go to twitter if you see someone whose whose page whose twitter bio was filled with anxiety ptsd and just a litany of mental health disorders chances are they're going to be a millennial Mm. Mm. And they're also frustratingly going to be LGBTQ. 
to some degree. I don't know. I, I'm, I'm telling you, man. Maybe. Maybe they're more likely if they're LG. I don't know. From what, well, from what I've seen on Twitter, and uh, you know, I say this as the resident trans person in the room, if, if someone lists in their Twitter bio that they're LGBT, there's almost certainly going to be at least one, if not more, mental illness up there with it. You know what is the weirdest of when I think I've seen is people list that they're autistic in their Twitter bio. Like, why is that like the most important thing about you? Autistic, mom. But the anxious people weren't born that way, so they have to. we need to blame their parents, which would be the Gen Xers or the Boomers in that case. 603. 603- 3283-6160 if you want to weigh in it's free talk live It's Free Talk Live. As always, you're invited to join the discussion. Share your thoughts and opinions. 603-283-6160. If you would like to weigh in, that's 603-283-6160. With you in the studio tonight, it's Aria. It's Ian. And Bonnie. And I don't know if Bonnie was choking up, but I was obviously choking. And I, I tend to agree with Ian on this. The whole generational thing, it's silly. Uh, there. I, I almost certainly have a whole lot more common with, you know, Ian and Mark Edge. Well, maybe not Mark Edge because he, he's he's old. He's quite a bit older. But I, <laughs> as, despite being a millennial, I think Ian is Gen X. I'm not entirely sure. I'm kind of on the border, sort of like how Bonnie's on the border of Gen X and or sorry, on the border of Zennial <laughs> and Millennial. I'm on the border of Gen X and Millennial. Despite all of that, I have a lot more in common with you than I do what we see of most, quote, millennials who are mm-hmm. out there, you know, talking about anxiety and stuff like that. Because that that is, you know, the, the millennial stereotype. And I have no doubt that there are plenty of stereotypes come from somewhere, right? So I have no doubt yeah. that there are plenty of millennials out there screaming about that sort of thing. But it's just not something I see. And it's probably not something I see because I don't associate with a lot of people who cry about their anxiety all right. the time. But... I can't. When somebody cries in front of me, I'm just like, I just don't know what to do. That depends on why they're crying to me. Like, if they're just crying because they're sad, or it depends on my relationship to them, right? Like, if it's my girlfriend or something, like, okay, I'm going to, but if it's like just some random friend who's having a nervous breakdown and I've hung out with them like once, I'm going to get out of that situation. Oh, that's my phone. I'm sorry. I've got to go. Uh, do you, do you have a call your sister? And I'm not trying to say like I'm. <laughs> better than somebody who would cry in front of me i just seriously don't know what to do i think it's like my upbringing or something like my military dad or something i just like i'm That's like fair. i don't know what to do and i'm horrible with but it but see that probably makes you different from most people on the fence between millennial and gen zers right because the millennials were the generation that was all no it's okay to to cry and be masculine right wasn't that the millennials who did that? I don't even know because all of this doesn't it doesn't really mean anything. It's just a neat, interesting way of categorizing some people where they sometimes share some characteristics. And that's really the most that can be said about it. But we do have Jack calling from Ocean Shores about the matter. Jack, you're on Free Talk Live. Um, a few, just a few things. First, I think that we could get rid of the police and a volunteer. Get rid of the police? And- get rid of the police and we could police ourselves better than they do. The government. Oh yeah. Just volunteer. Um, I think it'd be a much safer world. I'd be much less likely to, uh, you know, shoot up a, a train station. If I knew everyone had a gun 
I mean, because you're smart. Even if everyone yeah. didn't have, a, I don't think people having guns is going to be what deters. Honestly, it's not going to be what deters the average person from committing a crime, right? It doesn't matter to me what the possible consequences are. You say, oh, you could rob this bank and get away with it, or you can shoot up this train and get away with it. Okay. Uh, that's not going to cause me to want to go shoot up that train and say, yeah. oh, well, if you shoot up this train, you're going to die. They're going to shoot you back or you're going to get arrested. You're going to go to prison. None of that is the reason why I choose not to shoot up a train. I choose not to shoot up a train because I find that the idea morally repugnant. Well, I think yeah, that, I mean, you're but a moral if, person. If you were and, a and psychopath. I think, most, I think that most people are psychopaths and that the... You think most people are psychopaths? No, I, aren't psychopaths. Sorry. Oh, okay. I think that most <laughs> I people... No. I was I think that most people are moral people. People. Yes, and that, you know, that's the, why the world is good, and that's why, for the most part, we don't have insane violence everywhere we go, because yes. most people are good, and they understand that in order to get somewhere in life, they have to treat other people relatively well. Uh, we have to in- interact with one, one another without hurting but each if other, you and were, we all benefit from that. If you're a psychopath and you just want to hurt someone, you will be deterred more by a shooting up a place where you know people have guns. Correct. As long as you're intelligent enough to know where you are hmm. and know a modicum about the area in which you you exist, then you would make a decision to not go and commit violent crimes in an area where people have guns, and you would make an effort to go to the areas where you know that they don't. Now, there are the stupid people that have no idea where they are. They don't know anything about what's going on around them, and obviously those people are going to get cut down, and uh, they will be easily dealt with uh, if they try to do something you know, violent. And the mentally, the mentally ill have been purposely disregarded by the government in some weird, you call it conspiracy, they need, they do need more help. Instead, they medicate them. Mm. It's such a conundrum. They yeah. know they're out there. They imprison them. They get crazier. Mm. They put them on medications that are just like our vaccines, unproven. And then, you know, they go out there and shoot people and they're like, oh, huh, what, what are these happen? people doing this? Yeah. Yeah. Kids are doing it. But last, it's like say a message to David from New, uh, New Mexico. Nice one. He was picking on me the other night. This is Jack from Ocean Shores. You say, you say Jack in it in Ocean Shores. Jack oh, that's right. He did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was, I just want to say that I thought it was hilarious. I was the gay bus boy, he said. So <laughs> I, we were laughing our butts off. So. <laughs> This, you know, I just would not, you know, I just, you know, David, good job. That was funny. Well, thank you so much for the call. All right. Thanks. Yeah. Thanks, Jack. I had forgotten that David did that. He... It it was funny the first time, right? Yeah, he did it too much. He He overdid it. Yeah. So, I mean... That's where he lost me on it, but it wasn't the worst thing I'd ever heard from David. It also made me laugh because I didn't understand what he was saying at first. I was like, yeah, Jack. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, Jack in Ocean Shores. (laughs) We also have the Law Dog calling from Michigan. Law Dog, you're on Free Talk Live. Yeah, thanks for taking my call. Um, as I mentioned before in the, uh, previously, uh, uh, Chris Markowski has a, a, a watchdog on Wall Street, and he said that those uh, sanctions that uh, Biden, the initial sanctions they put on, uh, didn't take in effect for uh, 45 days. Well, uh Tomorrow will be the fifth day of those sanctions actually uh, being uh, being enforced. Hmm. And These that, are that the sanctions the against game. Russia. Yeah, sanctions hmm. against Russia. Interesting. Uh, 
yeah, I, I found it quite interesting there. So we're only looking at, at day five and on uh, the sanctions if they went in. I don't. Uh, how can how can they do any good in five days? I mean, this is this is just uh, total insanity. Uh, nothing's nothing could be done in that period of time. And uh, you have to remember when they were uh, uh, stacking all those tanks and uh, artillery at the at the border of Ukraine. They they it took them a, a month to do it. These these sanctions should have been kicked off by, you know, at that time. Well, I don't agree with sanctions uh, because, as we have pointed out, sanctions will hurt just the people of Russia. They will hurt the people of the United States, and they will not do anything to stop the war. They won't do anything to actually harm Putin. Uh, but you sadly you, you bring up an interesting point, uh, and apparently there is something here that says that. Uh, all existing contracts for Russian oil must be phased out within 45 days. And this was from early March. So that, I guess, was one of them. And that's assuming they actually phased them out, right? I mean, th- this isn't the first time we've seen a deadline in regard to this Ukraine mess and not really knowing whether or not it actually went through. I remember... The- well, this is a this is a, uh, a threat against, I guess, people buying oil. So presumably they're going to do what they're told. Okay. Well, one... Either way, it's the market reacted to the existence of these sanctions more than it did these sanctions themselves, right? And sure, and that's well, why yeah. we saw gas prices increase the way they did, even though we don't get that much of our gasoline from Russia. Well, and what we really saw over the last several weeks was this voluntary sanctions that all these mega corporations put into place without any mandate from the state. They just said, "Oh, well, we're good little corporate citizens. We're going to punish you, Russian people, and YouTube shut off monetization for the average." Russian Russian person that w- that had a YouTube channel, even though many of them are against the war, uh, and that you know the credit card providers cut off the entire continent or um, the, you know whatever. Imagine if corporations and every everyone on earth held the American people accountable for all the wars the American government has caused. Yeah, that didn't happen though. It wouldn't be pleasant. That's that's for certain. Six zero three two eight three six one six zero. If you want to weigh in again, that number six zero three two eight three six one six zero. Thank you so much for the call tonight, Law Dog. There's more coming up. It's Free Talk Live. It's Free Talk Live, where you can find us online at freetalklive.com. There we have a number of services that you can look into. There's our social media server. We have a chat server. We have a bunch of cool stuff like that. And, of course, there's links you can find to our TikTok, to our Odyssey, to all of that great stuff. It's freetalklive.com. I would recommend you join our Mastodon server. That's a decentralized, um, federated Twitter clone sort of thing. It's, it's very similar to Twitter. You can find it at social.freetalklive.com. That step-by-step instructions on how to sign up and get you started there. It's a really cool feature where you don't have to worry about getting censored or shut down because people don't like what you say. As long as you're not a bot, you can say whatever you want. So with you in the studio tonight, it's Aria. Ian. And Bonnie. And we actually have David from New Mexico on the line. David, you're on Free Talk Live. Yeah, well, uh, if that was too much jacking, then what is the proper amount of jacking? <laughs> it depends on huh? how much time a person has on that. their hands. 
Uh, how, how much what in their hands? How much time? <laughs> time, David. Time. How much time? time. Yes, time. Is that, is that what you named it? Yes. <laughs> oh, cool. How do you, is that T I M E or T H Y M E? M E. Does it have to do with you the lost flavor? Me there. Yeah. Uh, I, I, you know, see, that, that's the issue we had with, with Jack in it in the first place, David, is that you, it's like you, you yeah. have a joke and then you, you just continue <clears throat> kicking that joke until it's not funny anymore. <laughs> Yep, yep, but it but it but it was seared into your mind, and that was the uh, that was the main goal. It was seared into your mind, and you proved it tonight, Aria. Thank you very much. Yeah, you're you're very welcome there, David. I, I mean, by seared into my mind, I, I don't know if you're still with us. By seared into my mind, do you mean that I had forgotten that it happened like, until like the a, caller like a tuna, like a tuna fish? Oh no. Are you all right, David? <laughs> Are you having a stroke? <laughs> no, no I'm, I'm, I'm crazy. I'm crazy, remember? Psychiatrist, Aria? I don't recall ever calling you crazy. Well, you should listen to some replays then. Okay. Where, where, did, you get your, where did you get your MD, Aria, Aria? I'm not a medical doctor, David. Well, then why are you diagnosing people on the radio? What are you talking about, dude? I, I don't know. I don't remember her calling you crazy. I was, talking, I was talking about Jackin, but then you changed the topic. Why did you do that, Arya? I asked if you were having a stroke, and I don't remember now why I asked you that. Because you can only talk about Jackin for two uh, for a limited amount of time on broadcast radio. Right, right, right. right. No, no, I'm not presently having a stroke. That was earlier. Wait, okay. stroke. You're Let's not trying to be... About you're stroking. not trying to be... <laughs> David, thank you so much for tonight for the call. That that was a good one. I, I'd like to end on that one. But we have another story that we've had for a few days that I wanted to get into. Psychopaths. Psychopaths. And Bitcoin. And Bitcoin, yes. And evidently, uh, the average Bitcoin investor is a calculating psychopath with an inflated ego, according to scientists. And this is great. I could see narcissist, but I couldn't see psychopath. A team of experts recently surveyed more than 500 people to uncover the personality traits that are most common among crypto nuts. They identified that many investors exhibit signs of, quote, the dark triad, tetrad, excuse me, a group of four unsavory traits made up of narcissism, Machiavellianism, psychopathy, and sadism. Okay, well, I'm a proud narcissist. Me and my friend used to say, we need to change the narrative because narcissism is an undervalued thing in society anymore. It's like everybody likes hating themselves, and I just love myself, and that's why I do better in life than most people. I mean, you're right in that narcissism sort of got turned on its head, and where that they, they feel better about themselves, they think more highly of themselves, the more they hate themselves. It's sort of an inversion of virtue, where the the more social power one has the weaker one actually is like they they criticize the the white man as being the the strong cultural power in the united states but in reality it's the lgbtq people and the minorities that wield a disproportionate amount of power hmm. so it's you're absolutely right like narcissism it's not a bad thing and it gets turned on its head where in order to be the exact opposite of narcissists, they're like, oh, well, I just hate myself. I'm so ridden with anxiety. I'm such a miserable person, always kicking myself, all of that stuff. But they... they It's they, still all about them. Yeah, they're mm. masochists <laughs> like that. I'm, I'm trying to figure out how to phrase this, but... They enjoy that self-flagellation, mm. you know, like, mm. like the Catholic... That's why everyone wants to be a victim. Woe is me. Yeah. 
It makes them feel My good anxiety, about themselves, etc. And to go back to the other topic, but you know, they said they they've sort of contradicted themselves in the first two sentences of this article. At first, they said that the average Bitcoin investor, and then they said they're talking about crypto nuts. So that's a big difference, right? Like, if you're nuts about crypto. By definition, you wouldn't be the average crypto investor. Somebody That's who's true. the average crypto investor is probably not a psychopath by definition because they're average and psychopaths are a very small percentage of the population. So who well, are we talking about? These people about? who write these propaganda hate pieces about crypto don't actually know what they're talking about with mm-hmm. crypto at all. And who did they even interview? I mean, yeah. New Hampshire is sort of, you know, a bastion of cryptocurrency usage and... I don't know anyone who they asked about this. I mean, some of the, t- maybe not yeah, the- where'd they get the 500 names? Yeah, maybe not the most well-known Bitcoin investors, but certainly some of uh, the most impactful mm-hmm. or impactive. I don't know what the word is. So in plain English, that means dark tetrads have an inflated sense of self-importance and derive pleasure from the pain of others. And that doesn't what? sound like anyone <laughs> I know. I don't understand. How could, if you derive pleasure from the pain of others, you would love the dollar? Yeah, that's true. Well, they take pleasure in knowing that others will suffer, but they won't because they're in Bitcoin, right? So they but won't again, suffer. Who are these people? I don't know because the all of the crypto nuts that I know are telling people, "Hey, get out, get away from inflation, get away from the dollar, so that you don't suffer." Yeah. yeah, it's but, more of an evangelical thing. So many people that like Bitcoin are evangelical about it, like mm-hmm. you're saying. They asked 566 people to complete personality surveys, as well as answer questions about their attitudes to crypto. Of the participants, one in four reported that they owned crypto, and two-thirds showed an interest in crypto investing. Hmm. All four dark tetrad traits correlated with an affinity for investing. According to researchers, dark tetras are partially drawn to crypto because they are prepared to take risks, whereas digital assets such as Bitcoin are infamously volatile. Bitcoin is extremely low risk. I don't know why in the year 2022. That's not true. It's not low risk. I mean, it is risky because... It's risky in some short-term, narrow-sighted views, right? Well, there's no guarantee that it's going to go up. I mean, we we certainly have seen it go up overall in the last 13 years of its existence. There's no doubt about that. But it could hit a brick wall tomorrow. But how is that... I mean, saying I'm going to keep my money in the dollar is not is it's higher not risk safe either it's, i mean it's less safe i think i said bitcoin is relatively low risk didn't i you did say that well, i mean it is relatively low i risk. disagree yeah, it's I a mean, high risk investment in the last 12 13 years of in the grand scheme of things all we've seen bitcoin do is go up it, it goes down I for agree periods. With you That's you what keep I your said. money in the dollar then it's it's, it's by definition a higher risk because your money is you know it's going to go down you are guaranteed to lose with the dollar there's no doubt about that and you don't know how quickly you're going to lose because it's all up to a bunch of politicians as far as how fast they decide to inflate the money supply. I'm I not think- saying the dollar isn't, you know, and not a risky investment either, but at least you are pre- able to predict what the dollar is going to do, which is to say it's going to go That's down. Uh, whereas Bitcoin, you don't know it's going to always go up. You have history that suggests it, but there's no guarantee of that. Machiavellians, who are good at deception and take a calculated approach to achieving goals, like crypto, quote, primarily because they distrust politicians and government agencies. 
Dr. Wang said. When did that become a part of a psychopath? Didn't we look up no, on this? That's not the psychopath. That's the oh. Machiavellians. Yeah, but they're saying that's the dark triad of being a psychopath, right? Well, it, for people who haven't read and understood Machiavelli and what Machiavelli wrote, that's probably what they would say. But the whole Machiavellian thing is not about, you know, seizing power and becoming corrupt. It's a warning about what power does to people and to avoid power. But hmm. isn't it true that psychopaths are attracted to positions of power? Yeah, so they'd be sort of the opposite of an actual Machiavellian, I would argue. Hmm. I don't know enough about Machiavelli. Just the idea of, of what they said, taking calculated steps to get yourself ahead in life. I don't think that is hand in hand with being a psychopath. He goes on, many crypto supporters believe governments are corrupt and crypto avoids government corruption. So he equates being Machiavellian. I would suggest rightly, but most people would not understand it that way, to uh, wanting to avoid government corruption. It's all very strange. It's confusing as hell to me. I, Yeah, I think they're making connections that aren't there. I'm going to post this article on our social media server. You can find that again. That's social.freetalklive.com. We're out of time for tonight, but we'll be back same time tomorrow. You can find us online in the meantime again at social.freetalklive.com. That's social.freetalklive.com. Insight Daily Radio. Conversations with today's most interesting artists and creators. Author, humorist, and radio personality Garrison Keillor has been a fixture in popular culture since the 1970s with more than 30 best-selling books and his Prairie Home Companion radio program. And he has a new book entitled Boomtown, a Lake Wobegon novel. We caught up with Garrison to chat about his new book and the creative journey that continues to bring Lake Wobegon to life. In the course of doing the radio show, I didn't want to simply be the MC and say, please, won't you welcome Leo Kotke? I wanted to have something to do myself, and so I decided I would tell stories and invent a town called Lake Wobegon, and I would populate it with some of the people I grew up with and my relatives changing their names to protect the innocent. So I came back to it, my childhood, as a practical matter to give myself material. That's author and humorist Garrison Keillor, whose new book, Boomtown, a Lake Wobegon novel, has just been released and is now available wherever books are sold.